Welcome to the BSA Marketing Marketing Matters podcast. Uh, I'm sat here as usual with my fellow podcast presenter, David Wright. Hi there. And we're sat here on a very, well, I think, compared to the rest of the country, probably not a very wet uh, afternoon. But uh, yes, yeah, definitely a very wet afternoon. I think but very we, wet, but not very flooded. No, we have, we've managed not to be flooded. But we are sat on the third floor of a building. So I think if we flooded, we'd, we'd be in trouble. But anyway, today, we've been, we've been spending a lot of time recently talking, sort of taking the, the helicopter big vision view of, of, of marketing. So today, we thought we'd go a bit more down to earth and start to talk about that, that old marketing staple, the case study, testimonial or review, that sort of thing. Uh, and while third party reviews are key in most e-commerce scenarios and certainly the idea of Google reviews and all those sort of things are really important. Even in more niche markets, the sort of B2B markets and uh, niche markets that a lot of our listeners work in, they're still very valuable and they can be a great marketing tool. And David, I know you love a good case study, so why is it? Well, I think before I start, I think that, that obviously there is an issue about with all of this stuff, particularly with the growing e-commerce use of reviews and, and case studies, and that that's credibility. So I think before, before I say anything, that What's absolutely critical is that any case study or review has absolutely got to be genuine. And uh, at one level, somebody could always accuse you of something not being genuine. But as long as you know it is, then I guess that's that's the most you can do. But I think the reason I, I particularly like them just, is... Just before you get... I think the whole point, of, the whole thing about credibility and being true, I think it's very... That's actually very, it's worth just touching on that as well, because I think it is something that increasingly, because there are so many fake reviews out there, it is something that not only have you got to be credible, but you've got to make sure that they they sound credible and they are credible. And sometimes people are worried about people saying anything other than glowing praise in reviews. And sometimes I wonder whether that's one of the things that makes them feel a little bit unbelievable. And sometimes it's better to have maybe them a bit more uh, warts and all. Well, we, we have a client who, when they first started looking at reviews, had an issue that all of their reviews were five star. And they started to think, well, hang on, this does this really look true? As you get more and more reviews and they're all the maximum. That and, and in some ways, they were quite pleased when one or two people started giving them four star reviews because it, it gave their whole review score, I guess, more credibility. Mm. But I think we're, we're, you're talking there about about reviews and I think that I'm I'm more focused on case studies because I think that I'm, I'm particularly thinking about case studies either on websites or case studies that you might use in marketing communications emails and what have you and I think when you're talking about your your own business and what you do it's easy just to make statements this is who I am this is what I do this is what our company does but actually the benefit of a case study is it it's a way of demonstrating what you do in the eyes of somebody else your your customer and so it looks a lot better it's always better rather than me saying how great I am to have somebody else say how great I am and I think that's the essence of it and the other thing is that a, a case study can demonstrate not just the outcomes that you can deliver for people and the benefit you can deliver, but the way you go about it. And, and this can help 
differentiate you from from your competitors because it shows that the methodology that you use the way you do things which can demonstrate a hopefully a sort of a, a logic and a sense to your approach which which maybe people can relate yeah. to and just just going back to your point about it being from the other the, the customer's point of view so do you think it's valuable to always try and get some of the customers' words in there and get, actually get a quote from them or a sort of a statement from them? It's definitely valuable. But I think that there are, we, we certainly have a number of clients who, who work because of the nature of their work. It tends to be bespoke. It tends to be in maybe fairly high-tech engineering sectors that it's not always easy to get quotes from from customers and particularly if you work with big companies it can be quite tortuous trying to get permission to to use uh, use specifics from them even logos and what have you but i think it while yes it is definitely always great to get attributable customer comments just because you can't i don't think that necessarily um, means that you can't use case studies so how if 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 you've got a case study a great case study that's from some as you say big blue chip company who don't endorse anything how how would you go around sort of getting around that or 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 sort of addressing that situation I, i think it's very simple you can still say what you've done and who you've done it for but the who you've done it for is perhaps you're not going to mention any company names that you can be a little bit more generic but you can still talk about a a major UK company or a major international chemical manufacturer or something like that and likewise that with comments and, and quotations it's possible that you can get a quotation but not attribute it to an individual I would say that if if you're working for a I don't know a big um, international chemical company to be able to refer to them to a big international chemical company without getting permission may be okay. I would never advocate using specific quotes from somebody, even if you don't attribute them, uh, without getting their, their okay. And I think even just referring to a major international chemical company in a published case study, you have to be just a little bit careful of because out of everybody out there, the one organization who will recognize who that company is will be your client. And although nobody else might appreciate it, they might not like it. So would you, even if you're not attributing a case study, would you advocate going and sort of passing it by the client and and getting it sort of signed off or cleared by them? It's a difficult one because obviously if you can get them to do that, then can you not get them to actually allow you to use their name? And there is the the, the counter view that it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. And making that choice has got to be something that anybody will will take individually. Um, I, I could never say, oh, yes, you should always do this. But And I guess it's going to be easier to go to somebody and say, look, we want to use you in a case study. We'll make sure that you're not, you know, you know it's, it isn't attributed. It's not identifiable as you. And, and people, are, I guess it's going to be easier to get a sign off from that than it would be to say, well, we want to put your name in it and your logo. And Again, I, th- I think if you're talking about a big company, you're asking for trouble because as soon as you mention that to your contact, who yeah, is probably yeah. somewhere in the midst of the management structure, they are why why would they just say oh yes that'll be fine when they could be saying oh well maybe you should just let us have a look at it before Mm. you do anything so it's it's not easy but but I think that actually if you don't attribute any 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 
comments or you you don't mention company names. I think, as I said, coming back to the core of the case study, which is demonstrating what you have done for somebody and indicating or intimating that the work you've done for is a major company, maybe that can be enough. And that's that's really, that's got the core of your message anyway. Mm. So so what do you think, if, you, if you're writing a case study, is there a sort of a template or a format that you would normally try and address, Yeah, I or? mean, I, th- I, I normally break them down into probably three key elements. The first thing is to look at what is the problem that somebody's got that you're hopefully addressing. Secondly, then you can move on to look at what is the solution that you've delivered and maybe how you've arrived at that solution. And then the third element is what are the the long-term continuing benefits and value that your customer has got from the solution that you've developed and implemented yeah and i get and i guess if you have that sort of template and just uh, as with all of these things it's, it's unfortunately it's not just about writing a case study it's something or even saying oh i'm going to sit down and write five or six case studies it's about having you need a con- almost a continuous flow of them and you need them to be always being refreshed so just having it in that thought in your mind that when you're doing a job or maybe when you're completing a job in the same way as I would always say, particularly for people who are making things, manufacturing clients, always, whenever you something comes off the production line, take some photos of it. In the same way, I guess you might be thinking here that when you're doing a job, think, would this make a good case study? And think of that sort of that template in your mind. Yeah, could I write that for this one? And, and maybe making a few notes. And yeah, and I, and I think there's an argument that everything you do should be a good case study, just because they are always similar they are normally for different companies even if even if it's for the same customer the fact that you have repeat businesses is, is saying something about what you do and how you do it so so i think that you, you've got to be careful not to think oh well this is boring because i this is what we do all the time yeah. it might be that you think it's very repetitive but to your to your audience maybe that's maybe that's a good thing that they they see that you you it demonstrates you're good at what you do mm. i think another thing is don't always think, oh, it's got to be a, pro- a project that has gone swimmingly all the way through with no issues and no hiccups and uh, nothing. I think sometimes the the more bumpy projects that have maybe had some issues along the way that you've dealt with effectively, and again, they can demonstrate that you are, they demonstrate something more about your business and about how you deal with issues because everybody recognizes that not every project goes ex- exactly as they would have expected. I think actually, yeah, most projects don't just yeah just run smoothly and trying to suggest that they do maybe indicates that you know are you trying to hide something where definitely the way you the way you address and deal with problems and work with your your customers and your perhaps uh, partner suppliers to to handle issues as they arise is maybe even more significant than the end result yeah I I mean I was thinking going back to the reviews thing I mean I think it's always very powerful when if someone puts a bad review or a, a bad comment on the sort of the more business to consumer markets when the supplier or the, the retailer goes back and re- responds to that and de- demonstrates how they have addressed that issue i think that can almost be more powerful and if you certainly if you've resolved it correctly and everybody's happy at the end of it that can be more powerful than just the people singing your praises all the time definitely yeah. it, it's it's a much it, it shows you're working in the real world Absolutely. So looking at BSA from up, I believe one of the posts that's going to go with this with this podcast is a sort of a, what maybe a, a case study from from BSA that sort of illustrates some of these ideas. So do you want to say a little bit about that? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's. I mean, it, it, the one I'm, the one I'm thinking of is it's fairly. It's not a not a major thing, but I think for for our client, it was it was a significant issue. That this is somebody who worked as a, a sort of a coach mentor, and and they were contracted to do some work with a an organisation who had a number of members, and that they had to uh, organize coaching sessions that were going to be done remotely Mm. with each of these members and so to have some system where they could book slots was going to prove challenging historically they'd done most of the work just um, on the off the cuff they'd they'd done it by phone calls and emails and what have you but they recognized that it meant that our client as as the coach was also getting very wrapped up in the the administrative side of of their business um in having to organize these the these sessions and and uh, i'm sure as as many of you know if you're trying to pin people down on things it can it can be difficult sometimes so they decided that what they wanted to do was to add functionality to their website which is a site that uh, that we support for them to uh, to effectively add a booking system and and they got some ideas but they hadn't really got the capability to both in um finalize the the system and install it and make it to make it work properly on their site so they they talked to uh they talked to me about it and i think it was it wasn't just that the technical side of being able to install and configure the the system but but i think it was the balance of that with understanding their business and what they were trying to achieve Mm. that that we were able to discuss so um that we were able to take a more holistic approach to delivering the functionality and and getting the result that they wanted at the end of the day and um, and we actually installed and set this thing up about four or five months ago and it has proved immensely successful because it's given a much better structure for people making bookings to to be able to log on to the website mm. and, and book things themselves and also um it it it's created a, a slight separation between our client as as the coach and the uh, the, the the administrative process of, uh, of of booking slots to mm. to work with them and uh and I think this this makes for a more professional, a more professional, more rounded presentation and proposition. And and I think given that the, these aren't just individual coaching sessions with individuals, but it's a, a contracted job on behalf of a, a larger organisation, just makes the whole yeah. whole operation yeah. much smoother. So and, and going back to the, I mean, the point of telling that story was partly because it. it um, it is a case study for us, but it demonstrates the sort of the structure of a case study. And there, it was very much about the issue they had was they they needed to have some. They needed to basically streamline the way they took bookings. And you know, the benefit that we delivered to them was in the way that we do. We take a business issue and create take the technological headaches out of it and make and just create a technological solution, which is almost by the by it just solves their problem and so you know it, it's a it's a case study as i say that's demonstrating the issue the client had what we did and as you said at the end of it the benefits that it gave them and i think that's that's sort of the the structure of a case study um it, it, it works well yeah. and, and i think it, it's fair to point out that what i was saying a couple of minutes ago is not something i had specifically thought about and scripted it's yeah. just the way it came to my mind and the way it presented. So I think it... I'm not even totally sure that you knew I was going to ask you that question. <laughs> well, no, I had some suspicion, yeah. but uh, but it was it was very much not... Uh, it was just as I thought it. And yeah. I, I wasn't 
sitting here thinking, right, I need to think through what was the problem, then how we delivered the solution, and then what the benefits were. It's just, it was the way it flowed. Yeah, okay. Right, well, I think um, we shall, we'll leave it there. And, and as normal, we try and sort of finish with a few ideas as to uh, what you can do if you want to uh, sort of take this a bit further. So what would be your first tip if you were saying with someone wanted to look at case studies for the first time? Um, I think get develop the idea of a case study radar so whatever you're doing in any of your work we're delivering work for clients talking to, to customers always look for opportunities and don't be afraid to say oh that will make a good case study and actually ask your your customer ask your client can we uh, can we perhaps put some focus on this and you use this experience as a case study mm. And I think the second one is, I mean, look at your website already. I mean, do you have case studies and reviews on there? If you do, ask the question, well, hang on, are they up to date? Are there any new ones I could put on there? Uh, and another way, if you don't have, uh, then is there an opportunity to start using them and using the sort of the case study radar that, that David just mentioned there? So, yeah, I think it, it's just about thinking about putting them into focus and saying, can I use them? And if I am using them, how do I use them effectively? Yeah, and, and then I think you can have, as, as we've talked about a couple of times today, have yourself a template. Mm. Just It's a way of structuring a case study. It does make them, if you've, particularly if you've got the, um, uh, the cooperation of your, of your customer, which to yeah. be fair, other than as we talked about earlier, mostly it's, it's very easy to get that. Yeah. Um, to have that structure, it just means that you can, you can pin down a, a layout that, that will give a very good yeah. and, and um, an interesting case yeah. study. And the final thing I would say is just don't be frightened of them because sometimes you can think, oh, there's a lot of effort has to go into now. I've got to get permission from the customer and all. Don't, th you know, don't be frightened of them. Just think it, they're not – if you actually just, uh, as you say, use the template approach and, and, and do a structured approach, they're not scary and actually – very often getting permission off clients is not an issue. And if it is, you can work around it, as we've talked about. So I think we'll, we'll leave it there today. That's a slightly longer uh, podcast than normal, but I think it was some interesting stuff. So we will leave it there. If, if you want to know anything more, as usual, you'll find other podcasts on podcast.bsamarketing.com. You'll find posts, including the, uh, the case study that we talked about there in a bit more detail on our website, bsamarketing.com. And you'll find us uh, on social media, on Twitter and LinkedIn uh, at BSA Marketing. So for now, until next time, we'll say goodbye and happy marketing. Bye for now.